primos y primas, and welcome back to My Primos Podcast. My name is Freddy. With me tonight is my primo and yours, the man with many names, and hopefully one day he will nail one down. El Siete, El Chicume. Today he's known as El or El Walter. Say what's up, Walter. That's an upside down seven, by the way. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> nah, not much. What's up, Kevin? Hey, the yo, man, Kevin. Mr. Monomythic, Kevin Garcia, joining us. How are you doing, Kevin? Hey, my primos. I am doing all right. I'm, I'm hip deep and trying to write a book right now. Ooh. Can you share some details? Writing what kind of book? Uh, I'm trying to write a book. Does it have readers. letters? Does it have letters? Don't spoil There it. are letters in it. That is mm, the plan. Mm, Hopefully mm. in an order in which they could be perceived as words. And That's okay. as far as I've gotten so far. And you're having trouble arranging them in the right way right now. That is the it's problem. Puzzle. That is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, can you, I mean, honestly, can you share a little tidbit of it or idea? Or you're still kind of holding it close to the vest. I mean, it, it, it's already been announced, but I don't like, I don't like talking about it until it's like in the can. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, but uh, it, it involves uh, luchadors, uh, Mexican wrestlers, real life ones, but I, but it's like a fictionalized version of their childhood fighting monsters you know and uh, i figured okay. you know let's have some that fun sounds cool yeah hey, cool hey hope down the line man primos take a look take a look we'll see where we get some more uh sneak peeks from kevin but primos, remember you can always follow us at my primos podcast on all social media and other show comes to you week to week for free all it costs you is a share subscription it's all free everybody just spread the news spread the word now i appreciate everybody that has been chiming in i want to thank of course past guests we've had on we've had a really good set of guests we had mr terry bloss and then after that we had oscar garza with five meets so we definitely thank them both for joining us and this week is just the three of us today you know we're gonna go ahead and chat catch up see what kind of trouble we can get into and hopefully uh chikume can and not interrupt as much this time, you know. I've had yeah, 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 yeah. With just the three of us, that's his job. That's his job. Yeah, he has to slow us down. Cut but gentlemen, what is? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't come at me like that. I'm not. You're not cutting me out of nothing. Okay. Uh, what's everybody been up to? It's been a little bit. Kevin, I haven't seen you in a bit. So, what have you been up to? Uh, honestly, I've been I've been busy trying to to get the creative juices flowing, but also watching a lot of. Uh, Disney Plus, uh, trying mm. to catch up on on YouTube and and I'll be honest, TikTok draws you in. I get it's an addiction now. I, I a year ago yeah, I wouldn't have touched the stuff, and then a couple people were like, "Hey, you got to see this and that." And oh, well, what if you just get an account? It'll be easier to read and watch. And well, sh well, crap, you know. Shit. Hey, it, I mean, hey, Kevin, like since you brought up TikTok, because then you can. There's times where you just sit there, and all of a sudden you're like, "Shit, half an hour went by." Um, oh, no, no, I don't have that problem at all. I, I, I look at it at 8 p.m. and then I look at my clock again and it's 5 a.m. Oh. oh, okay. No, but okay, question. When you're a writer, any type of creator, does doing that help out get out of writer's block or something like that? Does that even, I don't know, is that a helpful thing to, hmm. I don't know, like does it help? I feel like every writer is different. I work best with distractions. But it helps if it's a distraction that I'm familiar with, if that makes sense. So, like, I can put on NPR, it's the news. Even if it's new news and current events, okay. it's not new. If it's a new piece of fiction, well, then I kind of need to pay attention to it. And for TikTok, it's going to be different every few seconds. So that's distracting. 
Um, you want to know what works for me, though? Uh, books on tape. Specifically, uh, my favorite book series is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I will I, I, I reread that book every year in the whole series, every, every year or so. And when I need to write, I put one of those books on in the background and listen to it while I write. And it's, it's weird. You'd think it would be counterproductive hearing a story while writing a completely different story. But it helps me focus. And also, I just love the humor of it. So it kind of helps me with that. With me, it's music. I can like, see that. I put music on, man, and I, it's weird. Like, especially if it's a, a song that just hits me the right way, and that sets the tone for what I'm writing. Like, I'm very much like I need to be in the right vibe for what I want to listen to, right? Like, if I'm on the way to do something, like if I have to go, I don't know, to the gym. Let's say I want to get kind of hyped a little bit in my head and hear what I'm hearing on the radio, or if I want to sit down and I've even read books to music in the background, you know, just kind of a certain mood or tone. So when I write. I just got to find the right one that hits me. I've sat down. I remember instances where I've sat down and written for like four hours, five hours on one song on repeat over and over again. I've done that. Honestly, that's how I wrote. That's how I used to write essays for school (laughs) the night before. And then the teacher would would be like, Walter, were you like listening to like Rage Against the Machine or something? And it's like, ah. That's funny. The you, I won't do what she told you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's Walter's mantra there, everybody. No, it's it's interesting. You know, creative, like you said, juices flowing however you need them. Like, my wife likes to run, and that gives her, like, energy. I think I'd be exhausted after exercising. Usually I am, but her, it kind of gives her that, that bump, that juice she needs to keep moving forward. And with me, it's music. And I'm just trying to find the right vibe for that day or that moment or just to get ready for the day. So I, I'm a, I'm, I love music and that helps me be creative. I don't know. It's just my thing. The other thing I've been so, uh, doing is watching the news, like I said, and mm-hmm. uh, they had a, a special January 6th hearing. They're taking yep. a break now. They're on recess for a few weeks. Uh, but What's special uh, about it though? Like yeah. what's special about it? Special about this one or about in general, the hearings? Uh, this one specifically, I guess, there's something there, right? I've well, heard. this one specifically is that they had uh, some new information, some new witnesses become available that were not available previously. Also access to a lot of footage. Uh, there's a documentarian that, that Trump brought into his White House to film, and he gave him carte blanche to film whatever he wanted to film whenever he wanted to film it. And so that he has all of that footage now available. And so now the commission has all that footage available, which is, you know. Let me say awesome. something, man. About these trials, I'm I'm getting like even my son was like, my son was like, yeah, you're right. This the is special sessions, right? The hearing, yeah. excuse me. My son was like, oh, because my wife and we were talking about it, and he's like, wasn't he in trouble like a year ago? And this, like, wasn't he supposed to already be in trouble? Yes, so yes, so yes, and that's what, what I'm like a, again, that's part, of, that's part of my opinion with all these hearings. I'll be honest. I haven't really been watching any of it. I've just been kind of keeping up with people that keep up with it and give me like the distilled version of it. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, it's like, I literally don't care because you, I don't have to be convinced. I'm not the audience. You need to convince that he's guilty. Like you don't need to, it feels like should you should have been, he should have <laughs> prosecuted him a while back. So then how is this going to change anything? Like, Ugh, like I'm, that's what I'm kind of like struggling with. Well, you got a couple answers for that. You know, on on the one hand, in the in the official legal version, which is 
yes, he was already technically impeached for this. Uh, this is not a hearing to determine uh, culpability or guilt of Trump specifically, although that is going to come up. Uh, it is more of whenever anything happens that affects either the nation or the government, they want to have a massive investigation in order to find out why this happened. Uh, they did it for 9-11. They did it for Benghazi. They did it for uh, the Kennedy assassination. They did it for good. The, the Hinckley shot. You yeah, because that's a good point, too. They did it for Benghazi. And what happened? What, what did they do or get out of that? Is it well, more just that's the second. Finding? That's the second half of it, which is the unofficial reason to do it. Um, mm -hmm. What did the Republicans get out of doing Benghazi for years? One thing and one thing only. The question in people's minds of, well, could Hillary be guilty of something? And what do they do by having these uh, trials? That's how I said trials. Having these hearings oh, yeah. is they remind people, hey, before you go back to the polls, remember that this happened. Uh, fact, at the, at the end of the day, watch, at the end, uh -huh. you watch uh, Daily Show and, uh, yeah. and and other people like that, where they'll go to you know Trump rallies and ask individual yeah. people what they say, and you get some interesting responses. Some of people, that Jordan Klepper guy, you know that Klepper guy especially. Uh, you know, they'll go and they get interesting responses. So people will be like, "Well, no, it couldn't be this because of that," but then you show them a clip of something that they have not been exposed to because it's not in their in their uh, purview, and they're like, mm -hmm. "Oh, well, it, it, it must not be true because of this." There was one guy that said, oh, it must be a clone. But to me, the best response they got was there were two women at the Trump rally who literally had no idea why January 6th was important. And so then they explained it to them, showed them a clip of that, and they go, huh. And then they showed them a clip where people were like, um, you know, Barr and, and Ivanka saying that the, the, you know, the election was not stolen. And they're like, oh, so wait, was it a lie? They literally had never heard that before. Now, you're right, though. You said that you're not the audience because you you don't need to be convinced. And yeah, because right. like like because for example, the because for example, it's a lot of money. It's very expensive to to do all the all these hearings, right? It's a lot of money that goes into that. Like a lot of taxpayer money is getting. Yes, but it's, it's hours. Work. Okay, so something we mentioned before that that I'm a teacher. And mm -hmm. one of the things that would always get me is when people would say, well, how come they put money in this? Well, they should be putting money in this. Um, I'm not a tax expert, but mm -hmm. I do know that money is already basically earmarked for various things in the initial budget. So basically they're not spending money that could go to, you know, okay. feeding homeless. Fair, fair, fair. To fair. Do this. But that also ties into the conversations that I have with my family where we're like, this shit all just seems like a fucking fix. Like, because it's like, okay, they're going to go through all this, uh, what is it, dog and pony show, and then nothing happens to these people. And yet now we're rallying up certain crowds. You're either feeding the beast on this side, the right, yeah. or, or you're, 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 now you're angry. Now you're trying to have an uprising from the left. And now you're having shit people are fighting about and they're ignoring things like Uvalde yeah. or abortion reform. Well, the trouble with Uvalde and abortion reform is that neither of those things are going to get fully addressed in the current or even any kind of time soon in the National uh, Congress and Senate. They just passed a gun control bill. Yeah. Gun control. Let me phrase that. They just passed a gun bill um, that was just signed by uh, Biden. And the thing is, it is something, but it's not much. And uh, you're going to get less than that traction for abortion. But they just but, struck oh, down a New York gun. Right, exactly. Well, yeah. The Supreme Court did. 
Um, but the the issue there is is that you know two things. One, I honestly find these hearings to be interestingly put together because whereas past hearings, Benghazi and prior, they usually just have people talking and talking and talking and talking. Here we're going to have some evidence, talking and talking and talking. Here we have evidence. In this hearing, uh, admittedly, not everybody's watching it, although it did have a pretty good. Um, yeah. This last episode was very but, but, controversial. But that's the point. They, they would cut between. They would be like, yeah. well, well, then they said this, and they literally cut away to it. It's not as fast as, say, Daily Show doing it, but it's interesting that I feel like the politicians are kind of picking up on that whole, hey, wait, if we edit in clips between us talking, people might pay attention. So somebody watching a little bit of it might continue watching a little bit of it. You said this last episode was controversial or it got people's attention. Literally, they had a, a talk about uh, Trump trying to attack one of his Secret Service agents because he wouldn't get his way. They're, Which, like, okay. they're like, Mr. President, uh -huh. it's dangerous to go that direction. We can't go that direction. And literally, they have people describing him like trying to grab uh -huh. the, the, the neck of the driver. I'm the president. Yeah, but okay, but tell me when, when, like, that's what was brought up th this last episode, right? Of mm -hmm. um, episode, I love how we're calling it. Yeah. So then, mm -hmm. but what I'm, it's like when people brought that up or started posting that as this like the smoking gun type thing, right? That's how they're kind of coming at it. Like this will like bring him down. That's how I've, I've been. I haven't seen this. a single person say that. No, yeah. All, uh, uh, well, you know how you like on TYT and all these other people, like they're kind of uh, like political pundits online. They're mentioning that this is like very circumstantial evidence that he knew and wanted to be part of the insurrection and all this. Like, I, I don't think you're going to get any like smoking gun in the sense mm -hmm. of, well, this will make the Senate. Dude, nothing's going to happen. Well, I'll give you the example of Nixon. All right. When uh, Nixon was facing impeachment, he asked his advisors, uh, what are my odds here? And his Republican advisors said, you do not have the majority of the Republicans. And that's because at the time, uh, uh, I'm not saying they were like better politicians or anything, that, that's you know, politicians are politicians. But at the time, it was less of tribalism and more of what does my base want? And the base did not want somebody who was guilty of that stuff to stay in the presidency. Um, and now uh, we've... Yeah, but back then, back, back then, it feels like there was some level of shame that people exactly. had or politicians exactly. that fucking went that away. Shame doesn't exist. Yeah, it, you know, it doesn't exist anymore because like so I was saying, saying like I was saying like gonna, well hold on. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is because of that you're not going to get a smoking gun uh -huh. in that sense. Yeah. But you are going to get a a a smorgasbord of evidence uh, um, that where it just keeps popping out. Maybe it'll get, maybe it'll get used later on. I don't know. Is that well, don't you think that's also going to fucking embolden embolden wannabes to be like, well, fuck, like, look what he did. America didn't seem to care. Don't wait. Or they even use it as a, as a tactic. Hey, I'm not yeah. as bad as that guy. Cause let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give you, let me, let me postulate or let me, okay. They just said that Trump went after and grab, grab the, trató de agarrar el timón, right? Of the secret service guy. That's kind of what they said. And that he did a big old tantrum telling them, hey, I want to go there. I want to be with them, you know? And the CIA Secret Service told him, no, we need to go to the West Wing. Like, they literally dragged him to the West Wing, it seems like, and he wanted to go to January 6th, to the Capitol, to, or I mean, to, to where everybody was at, which initially, that's what he said he was going to be there with them. After it happened, I, re I recall that a lot of news networks and stuff were pretty much telling 
his base, look, he left you out to dry, hang or dry, whatever the expression is. Like, look, he left you there hanging. He didn't go and join you. He just used you as pawns. He never went and backed you up. Right yeah. now, now information is coming out that he actually wanted to be there. To me, that feels like his base is just going to be like, oh, shit, William Wallace or what's it called? <laughs> William Wallace wanted to be there with us, like yeah. to rally not, the not troops wrong. in a kilt or whatever. the Look, fuck. They, they're going to say that no matter what happens, yeah. because they will always find something truth or not to glom on to. Yeah. I will say, he, he, even if he had shown up that day, he still abandoned everybody because all he had to do was sign a sheet of paper to just pardon everybody. Uh -huh. He just didn't uh, well, exactly. one of them. But he literally hung them out to dry. Yeah, but matter. if he would have shown up, imagine that image of the president Columbus or whatever, or you know, the, the oh, yeah. poor president, Braveheart. He would have he been, been standing in front of a giant noose. Literally, like that would have. If he would have shown up, he would have made his own bed. That would have been it. Because there's, you're not getting around that. You're the right who were there. Team were protecting him from that. Yeah. So he was pretty because but look, from, his, said, from himself. You said earlier that um, wouldn't this embolden other people? Look at Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn yeah. uh, tried to get away with the kind of stuff that Trump did. Nothing yeah. necessarily illegal, although Trump did do a lot of illegal stuff, uh, but nothing necessarily illegal, but like, eh, and yeah. he didn't get reelected. It, it, it's just, I don't think there you're going to get people other than him. That are going to be that kind of a demagogue to get that kind of a fanatical following. Well, what I mean, do you guys sadly, <laughs> let's put this thing to bed. What do yeah. you think about this episode? Like, are the, is are the writers doing a good job? <laughs> Honestly, it's a mid-season finale. It's kind of a week for a mid-season finale. Yeah. But I'll see how they pick up after the, the, the when the we get the mid-season premiere. You know, <laughs> I think the mundial is coming. Is that why they're taking that break? Mm, maybe <laughs> so it doesn't get in the way of the of the hearings. You know, well, first so, they have their vacation week. Oh, see, look at that, man! Government at work, everybody. Yeah. I don't know. My son has a point, and my wife too. They're like, I don't know why we're going through this. Why is this out here? This is like, in my opinion, it's like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard again. Okay, let's just see how messy this is. How much shit we can get out there. And see I mean, it also it, it also it also feels like once you know you've given it enough years, politicians can come out and say, "I voted for this. I was there. I questioned such and such." It's also yeah. political. It's a lot yeah. of optics, you know. It's a yeah. lot of uh, and, and, uh, honestly, ribbon look, cutting, you know. The, the, the difference between that and ribbon cutting is that ribbon cutting is saying, "I was there when this building was built." It's another thing to say, "I was part of the people who were trying to build the building." You know, so mm. I don't think this is bad optics. It is optics, but yeah, I think no. there's optics with some teeth behind it, which we know yeah. politics is in everything, right? We know politics gets in everything. Everything's political, right? Even when you create something, believe it or not, the, polit the political climate can impact it somehow, right? Can, I tell, you, can I tell you? Can I tell you a joke? The politica that my dad always tells me. Yeah, my dad always says he has a joke, and he's like. Dice, había un político que, que estaba, you know, politicking, trying to, you know, do a, a rally, whatever, right before elections. Y dice, señoras y señoras, yo les prometo que si me eligen a mí, yo les hago un puente, le dice. Le dice, yo les hago un puente de aquí para allá, dice, se los prometo. Y la gente dice, y, pues sí, pero ¿y para qué? Dice, si no hay río, no hay agua, también les pongo agua, dice, también les hago el río. So it's like, like empty promises, like for no reason. So, so, so pretty much, you're saying the politician is out there to joke his ass. Suppose they don't, 
um, speak Spanish or understand it. He says, hey, uh, he's, he's out there rallying for, for votes. And he says, hey, I'm going to build you a bridge, right? I'll build you the best, biggest bridge. Uh -huh, yeah. He goes, yeah, but what if there's no river? I'll even bring water. I'll make I'll, water the biggest river you for you. River. I'll build you a river. So it's but always a it, joke. That's what it feels you know? like. Yeah. Yeah. It's always something, something big. But let's talk about politics and entertainment. That's something we were talking about earlier, too. Even on a couple of shows ago, uh, Kevin brought it up. We about Lightyear. I know, Walter, you recently saw it, too. So I hope yeah. we can kind of touch on that a little bit because it's in the news. People are talking about it. Everybody has an opinion, right? So let's start there. Walter, you saw the movie. Kevin shared last mm -hmm. time we were with the Terry about these warning signs in Mexico, you know, about they would have warning. What is it? Conversations about gender. Is that what it said? In, in, yeah, in warning. A conversations about gender because people are very delicate. Wow. Anyways, Walter, you saw the movie. Maybe not spoiling it, but what are your thoughts? Taking that statement into account, what are your thoughts on the whole hubbub? So I saw some YouTube people posting youtube stuff and kind of attacking it and equating you know a movie flopping for with it being woke right initially right but then i took my what do you daughter mean? Hold on. elaborate uh -huh, uh -huh. what do you mean well, so because okay so kind of what they're what they keep referring to is that anytime a movie flops and for some reason it was quote-unquote woke like Ghostbusters, it was an all female cast. It flopped. Oh, it's because it was too it was too well. People immediately. That's why it it failed. Let, let and, me ask you a quick question mm -hmm. on Buzz Lightyear, and then get back to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, are they claiming that it's just the fact that the two women kiss in Buzz yeah, Lightyear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That they're no, no, no. They're just saying that because of that. Second scene. Yeah, because of that. Because it's woke. It apparently flopped. So that so, makes it woke in their opinion. Yeah, because yeah. Even even for Miss Marvel, they're saying like, oh, it's a, it's woke. So that's why it sucked and nobody's watching it. So then, so let's 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 we can we can we can, dive, we can we can dive. That's what I wanted to essentially dive into. How a movie can just suck because it sucks, right? Like, is that a is that an, you know is that a safe I, assumption? Sometimes I like, I liked a lot of the female Ghostbusters movie. Uh, I liked the actors. I liked a lot of the lines. I liked the interactions. I I, I liked the plot for the most part. Um, I honestly just felt it was poorly put together. There were there were scenes where they'd set something up, and then it would never pay off, or there'd be a payoff, but there was no setup. Mm -hmm. And just, that leads to me just bad production, bad not production, uh, producing, and bad uh, editing. Uh, with Lightyear, you uh, you're talking about one scene that that flashes by and yeah. briefly two women kissing yeah, very, and, and, and the thing is benign disney, if you're well, well here's the thing disney's done in, a lot uh -huh. where they will put these things in but they will put them in so briefly that they could easily excise that little scene and get for it the for the saudi show in china exactly get it so so Sir, that Sir. doesn't make a well, Thank you. movie um <laughs> So uh, whether or not that affects the the the, the take. Now, Miss uh -huh. Marvel, we have a different thing. Hmm. Think about Miss Marvel's audience versus Hawkeye and uh, and WandaVision and, and uh -huh. even Moon Knight to an extent. Um, for the most part, you have known named properties, and I say known, I mean specifically to the average movie going audience, not to comic book fans. Uh, and then they mm -hmm. go for it, and then you get Moon Knight, which is not a known property. Yeah but is presented as the same as a known property. You're like, hey, look, he's kind of like Batman. He's kind of like Spider-Man. Or maybe he's like Wolverine. I don't know. People you've heard of. But then you got Miss Marvel, 
and she's a teenage superhero, which you're like, okay, Spider-Man? Oh, but she's a girl. We don't have anybody to compare this to. So this is foreign territory for a lot of people. So you have a lot of people that are saying things like, well, you know, I haven't watched it because I don't feel like it's for me. But you know what's going to end up happening with Miss Marvel? Even though, it, from what I've heard, it has a slightly lower viewership uh, than the other Disney Plus shows, it's going to have a longer life. What's going to happen is this is going to be building up to yeah. something. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't mean no. in the MCU because that, yeah, of course they're doing that. But yeah, I mean, doing the Marvel I mean, as we're just talking about just that, that idea of politics and everything else and, and using mm -hmm. gender uh -huh. or something. What I'm saying is it is the first time you have a action comedy show starring a female who is a teenager with powers. And on top of that, it's also the first time, and I mentioned this last time with Terry, first time, actually not with Terry, last time we talked with you, yeah, um, yes, yeah. that, that, uh, that it's the first time you have a, uh, a Muslim uh, starring yeah. in an American uh, show like this. So yeah, this is new territory for a lot of the general American audience, which skews males, skews white. But as other shows like this pick up, it's going to be the one that people say, yeah, I grew up with that. I watched that when I was a kid. I saw that when I was little. That generation is going to look back at this show as being the formative part of their childhood. They're building nostalgia. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, okay. it's like look, look at the the last episode. Which um, if you that takes seen money, it, yeah, it takes money to build. In that. episode three, if you haven't seen it, has a massive uh, wedding set piece in it, and it, it's specifically a, a Desi wedding where it is that part of like uh, Pakistan and, and, and northern India where you have these kind of like traditions that are known to people not just from that area but generations removed from that area and they could see it and they could be like oh i know why the the bride sorry not the bride the groom i know why the groom doesn't have his shoes on there's a story behind that or i know why they were hand feeding the the bride and why they were drawing on her more than they were drawing on the other women doing the henna um like oh now now uh, i have to get this explained to me because it's not my culture but the point is they're getting that culture out there so people that might not have been Marvel viewers, people that might not have, you know, as much as we like to think the yeah, they may, yeah, so now they're like, wait, hey, they're showing my culture. I want to mm -hmm. see that. Yeah. So, but then, I mean, going back to to uh, what I was talking about in terms of how it's is it shit? Like, I'm trying to formulate this better. Like, okay, there's a lot of people out there saying that okay, woke equals flop. Okay, and now. Now, let's put it this way. If something was badly written written or badly produced or whatever you want, is that continuing to, like, prove their point? I mean, it doesn't mean it's the truth, no, it's, but it's, no. it's proving their point. And, and They're will picking that and then, choosing like anything well, else, wait, wait, wait. man. And, and will that then make uh, studio production companies, Disney or whatever, say, you know what, let's hold back on this because they're flopping? You know, would that be something that would result from that okay on on, the, on a couple things here first off the same people that i've heard complain about that for miss marvel were also complaining about obi-wan having too much of a, a black actor on the show which is like what what you know what that like they were oh well i think she she's just too aggressive and, and, and she's like she's literally acting like anakin and you guys say you liked anakin you know oh, okay, okay and, you know and, and, they, and they have that problem and it's like that show is a amazingly written and B was very popular with audiences. So they complained and they're like, well, it, it doesn't count. I'm only counting these that didn't succeed. So don't you think that everybody plays a role of a armchair director, right? Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. They, they, I could have done better. That was a dumb move. Like everyone has an opinion, right? 
But the problem is that when you really believe your own hype, you think everything, oh, yep, that lines up with my theory. It's Here, too I, woke. Got, I got one for you on this theory. Mm -hmm. I was just speaking to a guy the other day, and uh, it came up that I used to work for Marvel. And so he goes, oh, oh, so, hey, um, so, yeah, what do you think of the MCU? I like this and this and this and this and this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he pauses for a second, and then he goes, okay, so I don't want this to sound bad, but don't you think they're kind of forcing a lot of female superheroes down our throats right now? And I was like, okay, so phase, I hate that. Oh, I up. fucking so hate that. Yeah. Phase one of the MCU had one female superhero. Or, yeah. Captain and America. she didn't get her own show. Phase two of the MCU yeah, added true. one more female superhero, and she didn't get her own show. Phase three of the MCU added one more female superhero, and she got her own movie. So now that we're in phase four, we now have more than just four female superheroes. In fact, he even used as an example, well, didn't they add a female superhero in Moon Knight? And I'm like, she was in half of the last episode. And then he's like, well, but isn't, isn't Marvel trying to spin her off into her own show? And I'm like, dude, Disney wants money. They're going to put characters out there and see if anybody likes them, they'll give them a show. You know, look at Agatha Harkness from WandaVision. There is no way Kevin Feige was like, in three years, she's going to have her own show. But she just took off with the fans. Well, we can't do a second season for WandaVision, so what could we do? Hey, everybody liked Agatha. We're going to give her which a is, Which is exactly, does. Which, They're yeah, not which is planning exactly, for it. Yeah, which is exactly what's happening with this whole uh, transphobia, whatever. Like, there any anything that sort of hints towards that community existing, right? That's pretty much it. It's being kind of, oh, they're cramming it down our throats. Ew, no, that, like, it's... It, I, I like the example. But I think that the sad, the saddest, scary thing is, is that maybe it's a two sides of the same coin, right? You look about Disney. Let's use them as an example, or Amazon, or anybody. These big old companies that are producing content, right? You're talking about these things are flops, but there's enough money in everything else they're doing for them to be able to come out with, hey, let's let's try to grab grab that audience that has felt uh, marginalized or ignored, mm -hmm. and if it doesn't get as much money we are making it up over here and they're able to do that but it's kind of like very look like Disney's, said, disney is shotgunning content they want to see what sticks so yeah, yeah. the more stuff they put out there the the more chances you're going to see individual shows or whatever that's, that, that don't that's been get the, claimed. but it's okay they're trying to see what works that's been the mo for netflix for the past couple of years like just making everything right and see and what the difference is netflix ran out of money Disney is yep. out of money. Yeah, yep. They ran out of money. And now they're gonna charge you less for it, supposedly, and put commercials in it. <laughs> yeah, they gotta make up the money somewhere. You know, it's crazy, yeah. but like the streaming services allow for experimentation for new things. Like I I get I I tip my hat, take it off whenever I'm bald guy here. I like Amazon's comic book like content, like the stuff they've taken on. Umbrella Academy. It's been done so well. They've done so well, and I'm pumped for you know they're doing um, the boys. They're gonna go have fourth season now. Oh, sorry, you said Amazon. I was thinking of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I ask, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question about that in terms of these shows that are exclusive to different streaming services? Um, do they ex do they purposefully like did they say, hey, let's have the boys made, let's get Invincible made, or did some production company make it and then? 
you know, put it up for the for the both, highest bidder. Both like happens. That. Both happens. Yeah. In the case of the boys and Invincible, both of those came from deals with Amazon first before they made them. But other times you'll have like like say why the last man that one had been in the deep works for a long time, and finally one studio picked it up or one uh, streaming service picked it up. Now we'll say real quick on on why the last man um, that show uh, got some flack for you were complaining about or not you were complaining you were saying other people complained about wokeness. And why the last man got some flack for not being as aware as it should be. And Brian K. Vaughn is a great creator. Why the last man was a great book at the time, but the understanding of gender politics is different now than it was when why the last man first came out. And when they tried to adjust for that, it didn't really lend itself to. It was without teeth, man. Like it wasn't as, <clears throat> and I was a fan of the books. What do you, so mean, I was what like, do you oh. mean without teeth? If you can be, I haven't, I don't know anything about it really. So like the plot is, is that this is a, a post-apocalypse where every single male in the world, uh, uh, animal or human has died, uh, except for two, one monkey and one human. And um, trans issues were brought up briefly in the comics but it's like we have different views on on, on gender uh, politics now than we did mm-hmm. then. So they try to address that, but also not just that, but also the idea of LGBT, LGBTQ uh, in, in other parts of the spectrum. And the thing is, is Brian K. Vaughn, again, a very, very um, accomplished, I mean- accomplished writer who is always trying to stay with the zeitgeist. Um, that doesn't mean the story, like if it had gotten made when they first tried making that show, I think people would have just uh, acclaimed it for being so uh, groundbreaking. But yeah, revolutionary. It finally so, got made. It just wasn't mm-hmm. groundbreaking anymore. It was so. It, it seemed very tame to the times. When you have a boys out, right? And I know we can't compare it, but let's just say mm-hmm. the sex, the the language, the violence. When you have something like that thrown at you, and you're like, "Whoa!" And then you, you read the "Why the Last Man" series. You, at least the feelings I hearkened when I was younger reading that. I would have put them on the same level as far as experience, right? The same kind of shock, if you will. But obviously, times have changed. Things have escalated. Why the Last Man doesn't have teeth anymore like it did in the books. And it wasn't translated well enough for me as a fan. And others have echoed it as it should be. So I'm a little bit worrisome because, example, <clears throat> Brian K. Vaughn, you mentioned it, right? I think he he's a great creator. He's done great stuff. When we talk about Disney, Talk about Hulu, all these streaming services, Amazon, right? When I when I hear, and this is now what I've what I've attributed to, okay? Hulu and FX, their versions of comic book adaptations for me have not been good. Brian K. Vaughn wrote The Runaways. The Hulu version was not as fun as the books at all, and I was a huge fan. I did YouTube videos about it, like I was pumped about it. I watched the first season and a half, and then I just kind of stopped. You just kind of like. You missed so many opportunities. There was twists and turns that you would expect as a fan to enjoy visually. Didn't happen. It took away what it was. Then we look at why the last man. That's the FX, Hulu-ish, Disney. They're all connected, right? Mm-hmm. And then we jump yeah. to Brian K. Vaughn, Paper Girls. Paper Girls Coming is going up. to go to Amazon. It's not going to go to Hulu or FX. And Paper Girls, if you haven't read it, and I'm going to give you a real quick pitch. It's about these four girls in the mid to late 80s that are paper girls, paper route girls, that they deliver newspapers, right? Best of friends. It's Halloween or night before Halloween, morning of Halloween. This this series 
I don't want to give it. So here's what it, it's, it involves time travel. It involves alternate dimensions. It involves, uh, it's an allegory for how technology is taking over our, our everyday, even how we speak. The, the terms that we use that never existed before iPhones did or, or, or the internet or TikTok or Facebook, all these things, that becomes a whole new language for the future. And there's also people traveling back from the future trying to say, hey, we're too far gone with technology. We have to find a way to dumb, our, dumb it down again. And so it plays with, 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 with technology. These girls get to experience time travel. And it gives you a Stranger Things vibe because it's like mid '80s. It's a female cast, the heroes or the heroines in the in the in the show. It deals with uh, LGBTQ issues. It deals with uh, when was racial this issues. When was this written? Or like, what? 2018, 2019? 2018 okay. or so. It's it's finished. It's, if you really want to go out the there and look for it, yeah, definitely recommend it. Thing, though, you mentioned that you're excited about it because it's at Amazon Prime. Uh, this comes back to what I was saying earlier about uh, Ghostbusters. That had bad producers. Like, uh, look at the X Men movies. Yeah, there yeah. was there has never been a good X Men movie. And if you think you have, it's your memory giving you rose tinted glasses, <laughs> right? Yeah. The only good X Men movie. X Men Two. Nope. The only good X Men. Days of movies, Future Past. No. The only good ah. X Men movies are the Deadpool movies, and that's only because yeah. the producers of the Fox movies did not touch Deadpool because they thought it was going to fail. And because they left Hold it on. alone, it was good. No, okay, Days look. of Future Past yeah. is a shitty X-Men movie? Is that okay. what you're telling me? Yes. The best oh, of the X-Men. Okay, hold on. Not, okay, hold on. I'll get to that one. Not okay. counting Deadpool. The best of all the X-Men movies, and yes, I'm including Logan, is First Class. Mm. First Class is a good movie, but I only put it above the lower tier MCU movies. Like I'd put it... Right above Incredible Hulk and Eternals. And Eternals now is the bottom. Ooh. I put it right there above Incredible Hulk, X-Men First Class. The best of the non-Deadpool X-Men movies. And it's not great. We I mean, need to have a, a My Primo's ranking of the MCU. Yeah. Oh, so that's our list. But, but anyway, I, but, I, but I bring it up because it's the producers. So you look at the Hulu shows of like uh, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, and they weren't good. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Was, wasn't as bad as those. But it went sure. down in quality over time and got really good at the end. But they all had to do with a producer who is thankfully no longer with Marvel. And that person is no longer there anymore. So that's why uh, the Disney Plus ones are so good. And you're like, well, wait. The Netflix shows were good and they were happened when he was a producer. Yes, but they had separate producers that knew what they were doing that worked on Netflix's side, not on Marvel's side. So I, I don't want to, I, I hate giving too much credit to people that are, are billionaires that are just kind of funding movies. But the bad ones get their fingers in the pie and they mess it up. Um, look at X-Men, right? First Class versus okay. uh, Days of Future Past. Okay. First Class is the best of the X-Men movies, uh, not counting Deadpool. And when it was successful, it did not make as much money as the last few movies, but it also cost a lot less to make and was the highest rated of all the movies. So what did the producers say? Hey, we're going to make a sequel to this, but not with you. Instead, we're going to bring Brian Singer back. And it's like, dude, did you not notice he was the one that made the bad movies to begin with? Not even including the stuff we learned about his personal life later on. Yeah. Um, you know, why did you, what do you, what do you call that? What do you call that director? What do you call that when, um, when politicians hire their kids to do or companies? Nepotism. Ne is that nepotism? Uh, this, is is that nepotism. Kind of nepotism? No, this is fear of change. This is them yeah. saying, 
oh, audience is like X-Men again. Let's just get the same thing we had last time. That's why whenever you see, like, okay, you know why it took years for us to get Captain Marvel starring a, a few, uh, Carol Danvers and also Black Panther? Because yeah. for years, they, they, and this actually, we actually have the actual Sony emails to see this. Um, producers were emailing each other saying, look, there's never been a successful female superhero movie because of Supergirl and Elektra and Catwoman. They were all starring females and they all failed. Those were all bad movies. That's and then all of a sudden, uh, Wonder Woman came out. Was it because they were, <laughs> yeah. they were women? Yeah. And then they would yeah. say, you can't have a black starring movie because, look, Spawn didn't do great. And it's like, oh, yeah, but Spawn was barely a, a named uh, thing at the time anyway. Mm -hmm. They were trying. Oh, what about Steel? Oh, come on. You know, come on. So they yeah. weren't even. I forgot about Steel. So, so these are people that were like, exactly. These are people that yeah. are basically saying, we are it, scared of change. Just doesn't so if, if people want more X-Men, <laughs> we're going to bring. Yeah, I know, right? We're going we're gonna to bring in. Uh, Brian Singer again because we're scared of change. I mean, we could talk about Meteor Man if you want to go like that is a way, good movie. You know, no go back to Montel Williams as a villain, Robert Ugh. Townsend. Townsend, man, Townsend a, is a great, a great writer and and, and great fact, writer. by the way, Meteor Man is in Marvel. Do you know that? Really, I did not yes. know that. He had crossovers with the New Warriors. He met Night Thrasher. Um, he is in continuity of the Marvel 616 I feel like Kevin is the worst and the best person to take to a to a, to a dinner party. <laughs> oh, and we're like, mention it to you. He's like, back, well, you know, you I used to work for Marvel. You know, just kind of that. <laughs> no, so, so then, so then, so then, so then going back, is this the other side of the coin where we were talking about people equating woke to flop? And is, and then is this the other side where uh, it's not, they weren't being mindful of the time. Exactly. Yeah. You know that's, what I mean? that's what I'm saying. Right. I'm mm -hmm. saying, you know, uh, people are like complaining about stuff, but it comes down to this. Are we going to embrace change or are we going to be scared of it? Is mm -hmm. every change going to be successful? No, but allow it to happen. Like, okay. Give you a best example. Back to the comic books for a second. When they introduced uh, the, the, the hero that is, it's going to be Ironheart and upcoming uh, um, Disney plus series. Yeah. There were a lot of fans that were like, What? You can't have a black teenage girl be Iron Man. It, it, it hurts my sensibilities. And the thing is, it's like, dude, you, you know Tony Stark's going to come back, right? No, he's dead. They killed him forever. Have you ever read a comic book? Oh, yeah. they can't have a Jane Have Fox you ever? Have even uh, even, because, even novelas are like that. Like the fucking, they come back with amnesia and with the mustache. Here's you know what? Can I, can no, I, be, wait, can wait, I say wait, something? Wait, 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 one last thing. Worst case scenario? The character goes away and never comes back again. Best case scenario, you now have two new characters, Thor and Jane Foster, you know? Oh, yeah. sorry. No, the thing is that I, I do get, I immediately roll my eyes when I hear, and then this doesn't sound, a white person going, oh, but why, well, Iron Man's not, not black. Like it, I, like that just gives me this whole like, what the fuck, man? Like really, this is what, this is the, do you need more affirmation as a white man? Then the, you, every superhero has to be a white male. Like you need that. Hey, you want you want a big comic book geeky fact here? I just realized right now. Um, the most seminal crossovers of Marvel and DC, the ones that started their universes to what they are today. Blade during the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. You know who was Green Lantern? John Stewart. And during the first Secret Wars, you know who was Iron Man? Rhodey. Oh. <laughs> you know so. Yeah. Yeah, so in the biggest crossovers that formed these things, yeah, both Green Lantern and Iron Man were black. Hey, hey uh, on the topic, by the way, of, of like geeky facts, back to Miss Marvel 3. 
that one got me so excited as okay. a nerd. Okay. Tell me, go. Uh, okay. Just geek out. So first off, this thing opens up with this like flashback to the 1940s, which if you're a history nerd, you know what's happening. Um, the fighting, you're gearing up. A, no, not Hydra. A history buff, actual real life history. Uh, this is the area that will later become Pakistan before India even got its independence from Britain. The fighting they're hearing up above are, uh, uh, it, I was going to say insurgents. That's definitely not the right word. Freedom fighters. Partition? Or, no, no, it's before no, that. Nothing. These are freedom fighters before. fighting against the British. So all that fighting you hear upstairs, those are freedom fighters. Doesn't matter if they're Hindu, Muslim, or whatever. They are fighting against the British. This is right before, around the time that Gandhi was negotiating with Britain, saying, I, I will tell my it. people to stand down if you let us have our freedom after the war is over. So it's around that time. So that's happening, history buff. And then we have, okay, what's happening inside that cave? Well, here's what we got going on. First off, they say, we need this bangle. We need this bangle. And they say the word bangle because that is the term we would associate with, you know, bracelets here. But in uh, Marvel, we would actually call them bracelets. And what are the most important, uh, or bands rather, um, one of the most important bands are uh, the quantum bands, which are these golden looking bands that let you create crystalline structures out of solid light, which is basically what Miss Marvel's been doing. And a lot yeah, of bands are like, yeah. okay, it could be that, but maybe it's not, maybe it's something else. And then as she finds it, it is A, on a giant blue hand, which we've already said in Marvel is yeah. the Kree. Kree are, by yep. the way, the ones that not only wanted those uh, quantum bands, they created their own false version of them called the Nega bands, which we'll get into in a second. And then she says, there's one, but there's supposed to be two of them. And boom, my light goes off. Like, oh, man, it is the quantum bands. But then she yeah. says, we need this to open up the other dimension. And I'm like, oh, oh, crap. That's not the quantum bands. That's the nega bands. The nega bands are based on the quantum bands, which do the same basic thing, except you bang them together, you open up a portal into another dimension. And there is a second part of the nega bands that's a problem. Later on in that show, they say, well, if things go wrong, it could be really, really bad. The negabands, I'm, I'm gonna geek out for a little bit and get back to it. The negabands were used to build the nega bomb, which destroyed the Kree homeworld. So wow. that, if it's used wrong, could destroy all of Earth and maybe open up a hole in the galaxy. Um, and then it gets worse because then they pull out the camera and Freddie, what did you so see on the floor? What did you see on the floor? I saw the ten rings. The ten rings were there. So now we're thinking, oh, what are we gonna do with the rings from Shang Chi? Now, the funny part is when the rings in Shang-Chi were first announced, it was assumed yep. to be the Mandarin rings from Marvel Comics. Yeah. Normally this big, and they make them this big. Okay. I had assumed that the difference is, is that in the in the MCU, they learned how to use the rings in tandem, whereas in the comics, they only used them one at a time. But no, then they've since said, no, 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 it's not the Mandarin rings. These are brand new rings. We don't know what they are. They even brought them into the comics universe. That's a whole other thing. But cool, 10 rings. What's the big deal? And then it gets really big, though. Because before any of that even happened, they had the previously on. Now, I'll be honest. Normally, I skipped the previously on. But this time, I left it playing because I was going to, I don't know, I was cooking or something. And then suddenly, they played a clip where somebody, I don't know if it was her dad or her brother, tells uh, uh, Kamala, you're not still afraid of the jinn, are you? And I was like, what? His well, brother. No, no. Why would they play that clip in the previously on? And I even, this is me being a horrible geek. The only reason they could possibly play that clip is if they were going to involve the clandestine, and they would never do that. And but they literally 
say that. Kevin, um, are you are you a teacher by any by any chance? <laughs> no, I'm a you know, you know, Yeah, no, because I will say this: like I barely know anything about this whole fucking universe, and I was I actually was able to keep up with it. Like, like it was, it was pretty cool. I was like, I'm glad I was able to educate. Very, and and very chronologically, at least from my taste and not taste. Point is, at least the way you the way you as delivered the yeah, information. Man. Was exactly the way he needed it to understand. <laughs> you should be a teacher. I'm gonna tell you that. Hey, go, man. All right. So, who are the clandestine? All right. <laughs> uh, what I love is I started watching YouTubers and TikTokers going. You know, I bet you even the hardcore Marvel nerds had to look up who these guys were. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm not gonna try to say like. Thing, but anytime it comes to like geek fandom, is that whenever somebody's like top 10 things you didn't know about blank. And somebody's like, oh yeah, well I knew it. Well, yeah, of course somebody knows it. They just mean in general, people that know it. Fantastic mm-hmm. is definitely in that category of things that most people don't know, mainly because it I never really took off. I am not. But the reason it never took off is because it's all tied to one creator. Alan Davis is one of the best artists to come out of Britain in the past 40 years. All right. He is an amazing artist. He, he made uh, with Alan Moore turned... Captain Britain from just a little side project to one of the most critically acclaimed comics of the eighties that unfortunately didn't get published in the U S until the late nineties. So it never really took off, but, but like hardcore comic fans are aware of it. Uh, he, he created Excalibur with Chris Claremont. Uh, he tried to recreate the fantastic four in the late nineties, but for some stupid reason, the editors only gave him three issues when he had planned to do like 20. Um, but whatever. So he, had a chance to create his own characters. So he wrote and drew these comics starring the clandestine. Their whole origin is that there are subspecies of humans. You know, I got mutants, we got inhumans, we got other stuff. Well, this subspecies comes from one family line because there was this dude named Adam who hooked up with this woman who was a genie. And they have kids. And their kids are basically immortal and they all have powers and they've been basically hiding themselves for years. And it only really comes to light because the youngest members are like, I don't know why we have powers. We must be mutants. Let's go have fun and put on costumes. Mm. And the older ones are like, shh, stop. Don't tell people what we are. And they had a miniseries written and drawn by him. That they had a crossover with the X-Men written and drawn by him. Uh, they had like one appearance that he didn't write and draw. And then literally the next one he wrote and draw, he said, boy, that was a weird dream we had last time. So pretty much they've only, only been in comics that were written and drawn by... Alan Davis, but they're good comics. Yeah. They're really good comics. Um, and the thing is, is that Alan Davis, again, master artist. I love these comics because a, I, I just love obscure comics and B I love his work. So when there was an announcement uh, or not announcement, when they hinted at it, I was like, Oh man, they're not good. They said it. I got so excited. Now, of course the difference is, is that in the comics, they are mostly good people and only a couple of them are, are bad people. And this one, it looks like they're either all bad people or maybe this this mother character is kind of like controlling them somehow. I mean, maybe she's got mental powers. Uh, there's one of the, the clandestine, for example, that can jump into your body and make you do whatever she wants you to do. That kind of stuff. At so, this point, I'm lost. Okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I get that. The clandestine is weird. But coming back to our early discussion point of is, whether or not... Walter, it's a very, very... It's like if a very, 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 very indie, indie, indie punk band that you really liked and only five people knew about it, ended up getting a huge record deal and appearing. And I, oh, I, I, I really like, love the comic. It, it, you probably it, haven't it, heard yeah, it. Yeah, it feels good. It feels <laughs> good. Like, 
back in the day when nobody knew about Mars Volta, it felt good that I knew about it. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, where well, were we at? Well, <laughs> look, it comes back to this. Earlier, we're talking about whether or not making things culturally appropriate uh, is too woke, or whether or not when companies try, they can fail at it. Mm -hmm. Here's the big question. The clandestine are specifically tied to Islamic and pre-Islamic uh, folktales, okay? Because as much as we in our Western world, uh, non-Muslim Western world, let's be more specific, mm -hmm. uh, would associate the word genie with Barbara Eden and stuff, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. bop, bopping her head down and making magic happen. Or the blue genie from, yeah, they're emerald. Uh, or the blue genie from Aladdin, um, you know, then that is not where the jinn come from. They come from, you know, in 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 uh, Europe and America, the the, the non-Muslim people got really? it from the thousand nights. Yes and no. They are demons. Some are good. Some are bad. Some are in between. It all depends. Mm -hmm. But the point is, here's the question: If Marvel takes these characters and says they are part of real world religion. I mean, yes, there are real world people that 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 are followers of Norse religion, but they have yeah. not. It's not the same as like when there were you know thousands of Norse followers back in the day. Um, now, the Jinn hmm, okay, okay, I get what you're are to Islam. Uh -huh. uh, well, there's also angels in Islam, but 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 what say fundamentalist Christians might think of angels with like wings and and a, and a white flowy robe. Um, which is not in the Bible. But see, they would get that idea of like, well, if you're going to take Christian imagery, you take Islamic imagery. Is that okay? Well, the showrunners of Miss Marvel are Muslim and, 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 and of Desi descent and other things like that. Does that make it okay? That is not my call to make. It's, I don't know if it's anybody's well, call. Well, doesn't it go back but to maybe, maybe I'm going way too back, but and maybe this might be just too hyperbole well it did happen the whole thing that happened in france with uh um portraying muhammad in the news and like a news uh in a in a little yeah 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 i know what you're talking about yeah so um, then like is is that kind of your you're like like because certain, well, certain that's, cultures that's will will consider you know no but i'll give you an example you know? like um reservation dogs that show mm. you know yep that show needed to be done by people that were of native american yeah, uh -huh. descent. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, although, oh, if you made a show about people involved in it, end up making some racially insensitive stuff online about other other people. True, true, true. But the writers' room, the majority of that room, yeah, yeah. you know, is predominantly native Native American tribes that are that are that that are live had that experience, right? Indigenous that I've never been, yeah, never been, never been privy to, right? And I kind of sit back and, and, and the, the and the and, the, and didn't they say that the actors were actually people like you know residents of the uh, reservation? I guess. I mean, yeah, uh, they were. It's like what? It's like what's up, rockers? Yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. Oh, such a good movie too. That's a uh, but movie. the example, yeah. like like that, like what's up, rockers? Yeah, I think that kind of touches on it. If you don't know what's up, rockers, it's a story about skater kids from South Central. That end up going to the hills of like Beverly Hills, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of deep, like deep stuff and, that goes and they on were, between and they the were actually, and the poor. And, and the actors were actually skater kids from the neighborhood that they used. And the cool part that I love that movie so much, going back to representation, uno de ellos era salvadoreño, and he was like one of the main characters, yeah. and it felt so fucking awesome, you know, like to 
uh, going back to just why so there is, all I this think is there important, is something right? to that. Like the right people need to be telling these stories. Mm -hmm. The clandestine wouldn't seem as genuine if it would have been somebody else running that show that wasn't aware of it, and, and not the clandestine per se, but the jinn, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like the idea of the jinn, the clandestine, all that, it would have been a little bit tainted, especially someone that grew up that way, knowing these stories and knowing what it really means that Michael Bay directed it. You're like, what the fuck? Like, no, like, you know, I'm giving you an extreme, extreme and horrible example. But at the same time, I think that, for example, if we write a story, write, I write what I know. You know, I write what I know. I know if I'm writing a story about a Salvadorian kid growing up in South Central, then, yeah, I, that's what I would like. The, the writer to be about the same thing I grew up with. I mean, I mean, have you did you guys hear about I mean, I don't know much about it, but I saw a video on it about uh Black Thor, I guess, or what is it? Uh, uh, so uh, Miles, Miles Morales, Miles Morales as, yeah, and what if? And it's another example of uh -huh. is it done right? Is it shouldn't it be? Because I mean, a Latino did it right. From my understanding, the guy that did it was uh, so the guy, from, yeah, the guy the guy who created uh -huh. it is is of uh, Latino heritage. He's also of Jewish heritage. Yes, um, yes, and, and and I know a lot of black creators that came out and said, you know, you uh -huh. don't have to be black to write black characters. Any more right. than a black creator could not write a white character. But at the same time, if you are going to be covering a, 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 a I hate to use the word minority community, but, but a community that is, has not been historically given the power to represent themselves, maybe have somebody in the writer's room discussing it with you. Because you, you know? were talking about like hood Asgard hood or something like that. Yeah. Like the ghetto uh, well, Asgard. Or... When I first heard about the comic, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, it can't be that bad. And then every mm -hmm. panel I saw, oh, yeah. my Lord. Ah, it's like he, Miles is using, <laughs> he's using hip hop slang yeah, as understood right. by a white person in 1991. There you go. Yeah, that's like a good way to put it. That's 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 what he's using. Uh, the mm -hmm. whole thing is done in rhyme. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I like when they have Etrigan the Demon rhyming in DC. Um, but the rhymes that he uses are yeah. bad. Um, hell, even even the rhythm of the rhyme is bad, but like the actual words are bad, you know. And then he'll say talk about Odin's fade, and then they show Odin and he's bald. But then, yeah, but then, yeah, the, what are you yeah. talking about? And, and it seemingly was so bad that the, he had to come out, apologize. apologize. Oh, I don't know if he apologized, but he initially he did, doubled yeah. down. He doubled down Oh, yes, 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 yes. Initially, saying, initially what, what, he doubled down, yeah. I had a, a friend of mine ask me, hey, he just said you uh, fanboys would be um, – would be happy if I just put more up Scott up shirt Scott's yeah, shots in it. And, and my friend asked me, is, is he being homophobic right now or something? I said, actually, what he's referring to is the fact that in the 90s, a lot of the best-selling comics would have scantily clad women in yeah. them. And then he's basically saying that that nerds, in this case, he means teenage male nerds, would want to see that more. And that's not the point anybody was making. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. And but then he and ended then, up. He ended up having to. I mean, I don't. He ended up donating pro. I mean, what is it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he ended up. Donating he did apologize. Pro he did an okay, official yeah. apology. Yeah, he did eventually. Yeah, he did. He also. This is what he wrote to kind of uh, give you what what he ended up saying at the no, end after he heard all everybody's down. concerns. Right. Backlash. He goes. Uh, 
I've taken the last few days to step back and listen, and I acknowledge your criticism for my recent issue of What If Maz Morales was Thor. While I lived a different experience through my own Jewish and Mexican background, I still know inauthenticity hurts, and I'm sorry this failed on that front. I've appreciated hearing and learning from my Black and Puerto Rican comic peers and hope to use this moment to help promote better authenticity. I'm also going to donate what Marvel paid me to the Brooklyn Book Bodega, which works to build literacy and get more books to kids in NYC. Signed, Yehudi Mercado. Real quick, you said, uh, mm-hmm. part of what he said was that um, it's important to have representation. Not representation. What's the word he used? He said, um, oh, lived experience. He said it was yeah. not his lived experience. So a friend of mine who is uh, who's Mexican uh, and American, he's got, uh, got like, I think dual citizenship, and a big comic fan. He's like, oh man, what if Marvel did one of these things, but was like really offensive to Mexicans? And then he's trying to create an example in his head. And every example he gave was like referencing actual like, like Chisperito and referencing um, uh, Santo and referencing. And I'm like, dude, if they actually referenced all these things, that wouldn't have been offensive. Because that would have been what we care about. What's offensive would have been if they only went from whatever looks like the Mexican Halloween costume that you find at the store. And they had a, a version of Thor that had a giant mustache, bandoliers, a sombrero, and was carrying a tequila bottle. That would have been offensive. You know? You and forgot about the, the bullets across his chest with the nails. Bandoliers. Yeah. So that? bandoliers. Yeah. 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 So what I'm saying is, is that like that's essentially what this Miles looks like. Uh, yeah. Not not the visual. The visual costume looks decent yeah. until you get into the details of the, the story essence, the essence, and the stuff he good. says. Even the, yeah. the, the, the spray-painted uh, um, Mjolnir, Mjolnir. Uh, if you give it an origin, like like they brought the, the, the spray paint it was a beautiful part of the Spider-Verse movie. If you brought that into the story of Mjolnir, that might be interesting, but instead it's just a little ornamentation on the side. Look, there's spray paint on it because he's black. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why would you approve that Marvel? Well, the thing is, the thing know. is, the thing is this too. Like, I mean, just to try to, I guess I'll poke your guys' brain on that. Like, if he he wrote it or whatever, right? He was in charge of it. Like, he didn't have the kind of, hey, let me go hit up this, you know, person that knows more about this and let's collaborate. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, what's wrong with like telling, hey, work with me and, you know, I'll put your name on it. I might take a pay cut. I don't know, but I'll give you some for your contribution. Like, are, are people that sort of like, no, this is mine. They gave me this gig because they paid him money, right? And then he turned it over and donated it. Like, like, collaboration is kind of sketchy, not, no pun intended, know? because then you have the... Um, That's such a bad word, you know? Well, no, but then you start splitting up into what if it's taken the wrong way regardless. Then we go into it's a bad book. Why? Oh, because of the collaboration. Oh, it was too heavy with an outside mm. source as opposed to letting the author do or director do what he wants. Uh, I've been a critic of some collaborations where I'm like, oh, man, if it was just him doing it his way, it may have been better. I think it's just very dicey when you do collaborate, especially when it comes to something like this. There should be consultations, some kind of consulting, somebody to walk in and go, hey, this is fucked up. You shouldn't do this. That should happen. But I guess this kind of slip by. Or just be a consultant. I am available. <laughs> At KevinGarcia.com. Mr. Yeah. Monomythic. Definitely. Monomythic.com, Let's do that. Let's KevinGarcia.com. All the other Kevin Garcias have to add something else to their name. I'm the only one that can have KevinGarcia.com. 
There you go, Marvel. So let's start a movement. Hashtag, man. Kevin Namor. I don't know. Namor Kevin. We'll figure it out. I think we should we should work on it and see if we can't get Kevin Garcia. Garcia writes Namor. That's what we need. Well, Garcia sounds like this is a like a, this is an ongoing conversation, right? Yeah. But uh, so it, it did clarify some stuff for me because I was kind of like, like woke doesn't mean flop, but then you also have to be mind. So you did answer in great part. There's a that lot of questions. This yeah. is conversation that can happen yeah, every week, dense, but let's yeah. we'll mix it up. I do want to talk about Namor. Definitely remember that we got to chat about that because there's some changes and some concerns there. Uh, but primos. Thank you for listening tonight. I want to thank Kevin, of course, and Walter for sharing their thoughts, their ideas, and their interruptions. But primos, remember, you can always find us on your streaming uh, platform of choice. We're there for you weekly. Chime in with us at My Primos Podcast on all social media. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Cuídense, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>